Said he will keep them from the hour of temptation in verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, this mark of the beast, the monetary system that they're going to change, that's why he meant they won't be able to buy or sell unless they take this chip under their skin, the mark of the, skin, the mark of the beast. That is an hour of temptation. An hour of temptation for the whole world. And like I say, only believers that believe the Bible will say that is not to be taken. You say, why do you say they shouldn't take it? Look at Revelation chapter 14. This is where it, the angel was saying in chapter 14. Why do you say nobody should take that sheep on that skin or mark of the beast? This is what the Bible said. Chapter 14, from verse 18. No, from verse 8, it said, And there followed another angel. Babylon from chapter, verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, that's verse 9, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive the mark, Receive his mark on his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with the fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. So that is the verdict. God said, Anyone that take the mark of the beast, which he says is coming upon the whole world, that fellow will receive the wrath of God. Not so. So, who are going to believe that? Only the believers in the Bible. That's why I said this is designed for the believers. This is designed. Remember the days of Daniel in the Bible? When they said, unless nobody should pray to any God for 30 days, just 30 days, except to the king. The Bible said that was specifically designed for Daniel. That persecution was specifically designed to catch Daniel. I'm saying this mark of the beast was specifically designed against the believers in the Bible because now you have to decide, do you believe what this book of Revelation chapter 14 is saying? That this, anyone that takes this mark of the beast is going to go into the hell and lake of fire because that's what the Bible is saying there. If you say, I believe the Bible and you believe this and then that time comes and you are around and they said you have to take this or you can't get a job. Right now they are still saying anyone that is not vaccinated in some hospital, you can walk. But vaccination is still not the thing. It's not vaccination. 
It is what is going to follow the vaccination, the mark of the beast. is the real thing. When they say you have to get this chip, and you say, why will God be concerned with technology? Because God sees what you cannot see. God is seen in the spirit, and you are seeing the physical. Bible said, a beast coming from the bottomless pit that is going to take hold of this world leader called the Antichrist. And that beast will say he was and is not. And he's going to perdition. Because that evil spirit has been locked up in the bottomless pit and is going to be released temporarily called the beast. That's the spirit. And he's going to come upon the world and take over whoever is the leader of the world and enforce this. Just like he did in the days of Babylon. It was a spirit. God is looking at the spiritual world, not just the physical world. He said, well, it's just technology. It makes it so, so convenient. Oh, why? You don't need a credit, a credit card. Just it's right there on your ship, on your hand, or your forehead. See, but God is not looking at what is going on in the physical. He's looking at who is behind it all. What spirit is behind it? In the days of Nebuchadnezzar, the same spirit, that's why the Bible called him Babylon, the great, I call it mystery. It's a spirit that was with that Nebuchadnezzar then, and the Bible said, he said, everyone must bow to his image or be killed or be thrown into the fiery, fiery furnace. It's a spirit that was behind it, not just the man Nebuchadnezzar, a spirit. But that spirit was the one that was saying it's a mystery, Babylon the great. So the devil was, that spirit was locked up in the bottomless pit. But when you look at the book of Daniel, he said, is one of the seven. And he came back and be the eighth. It's a spirit. That's why I say he was and he was not. Now he's coming again and he's going to perish. Because when you look at the book of Revelation, he said that beast and the false prophet were cast alive to the lake of fire. So God is dealing with spirits and not just the human beings that are implementing what the spirits are telling them to do. But what we are pointing out is this. In the book of Revelation chapter 14, anyone that received that mark is going to the lake of fire with the devil. Also. And chapter 3, God said, I will protect some in the hour of temptation. God will protect some. And then we believe the rapture will take place about that time when they are about to make it almost unbearable for the righteous to live. But if you cannot even, if you are still having struggle with the loss of the flesh, and your belly is your, almost your God, you may have a problem, because that may not even last three years before the Lord come and take some people away. But those few years, when they cannot buy or sell, will you, be, will you be able to stand those few years? Or you are going to just succumb to food and go get the mark, just so that you can go to the grocery and buy your stuff? That is one of the reasons why we are pointing this one out. The Lord is telling us, preach it. We are at the borders of these things. We are at the borders of these things. I say loss of the flesh is an example of that. If we overcome this loss of the flesh, then fasting won't be a problem. Because if there is no food, can I, can I bear some loss of food? Right? Then you talk about the life also. Desire for vain glory. That is another thing that we need to overcome. The pride of life. Take, for example, give me Galatians chapter 5, verse 26. The devil uses the pride of life like we see, the, the testimony, the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He uses lust of the eyes plus lust of the flesh or 
loss of the flesh, pride of life. They are all things that we believers must overcome one by one. And I'm just going to point to some of these things that we can say this is our challenge. For the pride of life, let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, 26. Here is Apostle Paul telling us, let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Desirous of vain glory is what the devil uses many times to try to trap people in, the, in what is called pride of life. Desire of vain glory. And you can, there are so many testimonies of people that wanting to please people is pride of life. Wanting to be recognized is pride of life. Wanting to please people. You remember the stories in the Bible of a, of a king, King Saul. In the Bible, you say, well, he, he was, was he trying to be humble or this? He wanted to please the crowd because when he was made to be king, some of the people said, oh, how is this man going to deliver us? So they didn't respect him. So he tried to please them at all costs. He disobeyed God. That's one of the reasons why anyone that is having struggle with all of these things, trying to please people, very soon when God tells you to do something, you will not, you'll be putting that one aside, trying to please the crowd. King Saul in his own day, when the prophet came to him and said, God told you, God is sending you on an errand, go and destroy Amalek. And don't save anything. And he went, and they were destroying all those things, and the people, his people that he was leading, told him that, King, let us save these ones. Let us save all these beautiful cattle, animals, and we sacrifice some of them to God. To please them, he forgot what God commanded. Or he didn't respect what God commanded. Destroy everything. Don't save anything. That's why I say sometimes when you have desire to please people, it will make you offend one time or another. Another way the Bible put it is, it said, friendship with the world is what? Enmity with God. Friendship with the world. So when you think about what is friendship with the world, trying to please your co-workers. It's friendship with the world. Trying to please your schoolmates. Just to be cool. Friendship with the world. Very soon you have enemy, you have something with instruction for, of God. That's what he called. That's why he say. that's why I point. So, some of those things, they are sought to. But you have to recognize them and say, I'm going to stand my ground and I'm not going to succumb to this. I'm not going to succumb to what the, what the world will have wanted me to do. To please men. That's one of the examples. Now, let's see another, another story here in the the, the church of the Laodiceans. Maybe that's where we can learn some, some lessons here. In the church of the Laodiceans, Revelation chapter 3. The Lord was talking to this church. This, if we are, if we, in many places, people have preached about this church, the seven churches that, were, that the Lord was talking to here. Laodicea church is talking about these last days. The churches had last this. And when you look at what was their problem, look at verse 21, and then we look at verse 19. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. He said, To him that overcometh, I will grant to see with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and I am set down with my father in his throne. But what are they to overcome? 
Verse 19 said, As many as I love, I rebuke. Let's go, let's, let's go first to what he said about them. What did they say about them? He said, Because thou said, I am rich. That's verse 17. He said, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That is their problem. That is, they were, they were boasting, comparing themselves with some other people. If you compare yourself with some other people, you say, Well, we are, we are better off. If you're a church, a local church is comparing themselves with another local church, you say, Yeah. We have this, we have that. There they said, they said they are rich, they are increasing good, they have everything that they need. And God is looking and saying, you are not rich, you are wretched. And miserable. And blind. So then what are we to overcome? What are we to overcome in this situation? He said we have to overcome the pride. The pride of life that makes you think, oh, well, we are better off than the, the church next door. Or we are better off than the other person. And he said, when God looks at you, you are looking at comparing man with man. God is looking at you and saying, you are wretched. You are blind. Counsel you to buy of me gold right in the fire. So he wants us to be zealous for more of him. Be zealous for more of him. So the pride of life comes in that subtle way. Comparing yourself without thinking, well, I'm okay. Oh, I'm great. I'm better. But God is saying, we need to overcome. He that overcomes shall all things. You must overcome the loss of the eyes. You can think about that. Is this loss of the eyes? You, can, you must overcome the loss of the flesh. I just give an example of the loss of the flesh when it comes to food. The loss of the eyes when it comes to the desire to acquire more things, acquire more things, acquire more things. And the pride of life, wanting to be recognized. Those are just examples. You can think of many more, many more, and many more. And the Lord is saying, when anyone that overcomes, you have to overcome all these things. Then you are... You say he that overcome shall inherit all the things that God has created for us. For us to overcome these things, we must over, for us to inherit these things, we must overcome all these things that He's listing out for us. And like I said, the particular that is coming, we must overcome the loss of reflection that we don't fall easily to the things that the, the enemy is trying to say. If you don't get this, if you don't buy food, you if you don't get this sheep, you'll be able to buy. If that occur right now, how many people will be able to stand? go and hide somewhere and, and just keep looking on the Lord. I was telling someone this to my child, I said, this thing is coming, this thing is coming. It may be the time that everybody may have to just be ready to go and run and hide in the jungle. And whatever you can feed, you say, well, am I, how long am I going to do that? If you look at the Bible, within a few years, people predict that within three and a half years, Within a few years, Christ will come and take his own away when it's becoming unbearable. You have to remember that. But if you can't even fast a little bit, it will be tough for those who can't even bear those. That's what I'm saying. We need to begin to overcome this loss of the eyes and loss of the flesh and pride of life so that we can stand. In conclusion, I'm going to wrap it up right now. Let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Because God is calling us, we have to now look at ourselves and say, how can I overcome all these things? To overcome, you have to, like you say, how did the Lord Jesus Christ overcome every temptation? You must confess the word of God. You must confess the word of God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the Lord, confession is 
Open your mouth and say the word of God. Open your mouth and say the word of God. That was what the Lord Jesus used to visit Satan. Then the devil come and say, do this. If you are the son of God, why don't you turn this stone to bread? The Lord didn't try to reason out with him. Just speak what the Bible said. Look for Bible verses that we counter what the devil is trying to do. And give me Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25. In all of this one that I'm pointing out, I'm just pointing to the fact that the Lord will forgive when we have repented and when we stand our ground because you may stumble and it's not over yet, just stand up and keep running the race. But you don't want to stumble at the last when they will take the mark and there's no turning back in that one. Like you say, you lost of the eyes, loss of the flesh, or pride of life. Many of us are falling into one or the other, one time or the other. But when you remember what the Bible said, just guard yourself again and start running. Start walking the race. That's why I say, if you confess your sins, it's faithful and just to forgive you. And you Lord says, that I, will, I, I, even I am he that blotted out thy transgression for my own sake. And will not remember thy sins. When we believe us, he says, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous, when you have fallen into any of these other offenses, this is like a staging ground. You don't want to fall for the Antichrist when that becomes a, a line of no return. But somebody have a trouble with this, work on it. You have trouble with loss of the eyes, work on it. You have trouble with the pride of life, and you remember what the Bible says, deal with it. Maybe you are, too, are quite too much, get rid of all those things and be heaven bound. Maybe it is loss of the flesh. Get, begin to control yourself so that it's not the food that's controlling you. Because that's part of loss of the flesh. Let you be the one that's controlling things. Not that the, not that the food is a cigarette or the type of thing. They can be addiction to you. But if you begin to let the Holy Ghost take control of your life, you will be able to, so, so, to temper all those things. When you temper them, then you will remember your sins no more. The last, the one you don't want to be, you don't want to be in the situation where you, you fall into the mark of the beast because you couldn't, you couldn't control your food appetite. You just have to get food at all costs. That part that is becoming no return. And the Lord is saying in Second Corinthians chapter six, as we wrap it up, Second Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen, the God said He is going to say, touch not your unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Second Corinthians chapter six. From verse 14, you can see the Lord telling, talking to us here that don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Everything that we are summarizing, you can put it in this, in this Bible verses that said, what agreement, what concord has Christ with Belial? That is, you are going to wash unto yourself and separate yourself from all the things that can defile you. And verse 17, so I'm going to say, come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. So in summary, we've got to overcome the loss of the eyes. We've got to overcome the loss of the flesh. We've got to overcome the pride of life so that we can stand and be counted for the Lord. So that we can stand pure before the Lord. And our challenge is daily, search yourself and say, am I overcoming? If anything comes your way, check with the Bible. Am I submitting to, am I succumbing to this loss of the eyes in this situation? Or loss of the flesh? 
or this pride of life is this can you, can can this be a pride of life in my life if I do this or if I think like this if I give to this and if you are still falling into any of those repent quickly and that's what we have to say and it's how we receive you to myself but the final analysis is at the end of this world things are going to get rougher you don't want to fall for the antichrist system when it comes and that is my warning to every one of us that don't fall for the antichrist system because like we are saying the word of god is given to all of us there will be a time when there will be things like the talk of the mark of the beast in this world there will be several that will say that is not the mark of the beast that's why you need to know the word of god that's why you need to know the word of god because if if, uh, if a congregation is saying this is not the mark of the beast and you don't you don't you rightly divide the world you'll be following their steps so like we are talking about what the lord gave to the churches that he gave every command to the churches that is the corporate body but individually if you yourself are grounded in the world if a corporate body is saying well that is not the mark of the beast because there will be denominations that we say when it occurs they will say this is just technology not the mark of the beast and if you are listening to the internet news and say well that church said it that is not the mark and you believe them and you follow them and if that is the mark of the beast that means you are not grounded in the world so that's what we are pointing out that the word of god is what the lord is challenging everybody to say be ye zealous first individually he's talking to individual be ye zealous he talks to individual that he that overcoming not the church that overcoming, not the denomination that overcoming, not the local church that overcoming. Because the local church can say, this is our stand. Because it's going to come to that at this end of the world. It's going to come to that. Like you see right now in the world, some, say, some churches say this, and that church say this, and that church may say, this is our own standing about this. But God is not saying, the church that overcoming, he's saying, individually, you that overcoming. So you better know the word of God, and stand your ground what the word of God says, not what his church or evangelist said on television. They say, oh, that's not the mark. That will sway a lot of people to do, to take that mark in that time. It's coming to happen. And that's one of the reasons why we said, know the word of God, stand your ground, overcome this loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh, part of life, and then use the word of God like this guy uses it against the devil. Can we stand up and pray? Let's just stand up and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the few exhortations that we have been able to give. We pray, Lord, that you help every believer to understand this and to overcome all these things that is part of the human flesh. Loss of the eyes, loss of the flesh. Brother, Lord, help us to overcome all these things, Lord, and be able to stand before you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, the praise team can come back now. He that overcome it shall inherit all things, what the Lord said. Be sure to overcome all these things that the Almighty Lord has listed for us. Loss of the eyes, overcome it. Loss of the flesh, overcome it. Pride of life, overcome it. In Jesus' name, praise Him.